Alrighty, uh, here we go. Episode twenty-eight. We're back. We're pushing up towards thirty. Kyle, we're getting we're getting close to the thirty right. episodes, which is great. Going quick. Uh, becoming once, veterans of the podcast scene. Maybe, no, yeah. well, I think maybe when we get to 50. 50 is the mark, isn't it? 50 is the veteran mark, I think. But we'll get there soon. So, uh, yeah, thanks again, everyone, for joining us. Um, we've got a bit of a packed episode here. We've got some previews. We've got a big preview of Coastal High coming up, which, quite frankly, has got to be the number one, certainly for the Gold Coast trail running scene. It's got to be the one that everyone's really interested in. Um, we'll talk through the Guzzler, which was an amazing race that happened recently up in Brisbane. Uh, we've got Parkrun to talk about. We've got the UQ Classic. Uh, we're getting close to Christmas as well, so a little Christmas uh, presents idea list in there and uh, a few other things. But first of all, Kyle, new shoes, new runner, new man, new uh, new events for 2020. Talk us through the Alpha Flies, your first experience with them. You've, you've worn them yeah. in training a bit. You had a bit of a hit out last weekend at a very uh, windy uh, course down at um, Coolangatta. What were your first impressions? So I was hoping that they were going to arrive for this 10K. I'd been waiting for them for a couple of weeks and I just happened to get home late on the Friday night and they were sitting on the couch and they got delivered that Friday afternoon. So that made me very excited that I was actually going to be able to use these for this 10K. Um, And I popped them on in the house, did a couple of laps up and down the hallway, may have gone out to the driveway into the road. I just wanted to see what they felt like. I had to put them on that night. Um, They were really bouncy. That was my first thought. Like, I remember when I first put the next percent, I was like, oh, these feel a little bit springy and bouncy and they're quite light, whereas these were a real firm bounce. They felt a little bit firmer than the next percent, but they were really bouncy. So I was quite excited. And then what a shoe that I could tell that when I first put them on my feet and tried to walk with them, it almost felt like I was walking back on my heels because they've only got a four yeah. mil drop between heel and toe, which is half of what most road running shoes have. And because of the AirPods in the front of the shoe, it literally felt like I was walking around on my heels, which was a quite an odd sensation. Um so then I kind of went from that straight to deciding to race in them for the 10K straight out of the box. So that I knew that would be a good little test for them. Yeah. Um, and they felt really good. They were – obviously the race was – it was hard to judge given that it was quite windy that morning. So the first half, I went through halfway exactly the same as what I did to the second in the next percent, um, but then turned around into a really strong headwind. So the pace obviously dropped off a little bit. And I think – after running in them for that run, I think if I was running 10K or shorter, I'd prefer the next percent. And that's just because I felt like when I was really trying to push the pace, I can do that in the next percent. Whereas because the alpha flies are that little bit stiffer, you just have to put that little bit extra effort in to get that rebound out of the shoe. Um, so I think I was in two minds as to whether if I did another 10K, I'd wear which shoe I would wear. I think they're both good shoes, but it'd be one or the yeah. other. Um, but then I wanted to test them out at a slightly slower pace just a bit, you know, around what I'm going to try and run for the relay. So we did a 10K run on Thursday um, and just did that little bit slow pace where you could really get into a rhythm and you weren't trying to force the pace. They felt amazing. So that was a good little test for them at roughly race pace. And it was, I suppose that was the test whether I would wear those for the relay or whether I'd <clears throat> be in the next percent. So I think I've made that decision that I'm definitely going to wear the Alpha Flies for the relay, which is exciting. But yep. an amazing shoe, very different to the next percent, but they're both just as good as each other. So amazing shoe so, for probably half marathon and longer. Well, this is going to be my question. So you've got, correct me if I'm wrong. So have you got Zoom Fly, um, the original four uh, percent, uh, then the next percent, and now the Alpha Fly? Have you got all four of those? 
I don't have the 4% because I was right. not doing much road running when 4% were out. So I never got a pair of 4% to try. Um, but from every, what I've heard from a lot of people, that was almost one of their favorite ones initially. That was a really nice shoot. But no, I've got the Zoom Flies and then the um, Next Percent and the Alpha Flies. Okay. So, all, so, so yeah. here we go. So <laughs> what would you wear then for 5, for 10, for 21, for a marathon, and then let's say a road 50? Run us through that, those, those kind of races. Uh, 5. Five and ten, I would wear the next percent. Yep. Half marathon and up, I would wear the alpha fly. Right. That would be my split. I feel like 10K is kind of the point where I feel like I would prefer the alpha fly. That's, again, yep. I've done two runs in the alpha fly and I've done a few more in the next percent. But from that so far, 10K plus seems to be the transition point where I've found the, the pace-wise, it feels more comfortable in the alpha fly. And, again, I would be more than happy to run in either shoe for any of those distances. I probably haven't yep. done enough in the alpha fly to really – test whether they're good over the shorter stuff but i think the next percent just they're the next percent are a little bit lighter than the alpha fly as well and i just think they're probably a little bit quicker yeah i mean sport for choice it's a nice it's a nice decision to have to make isn't it it is, it is very good i mean if you think if you go back what two or three years ago like what were you running in before before these carbon plated shoes came out I'm what, what were you think what i had a pair of and i've actually had a pair of the nike zoom streaks yeah, fives I think from maybe 2015 and they're just I, I look at them now and I've actually run in them since and for certain workouts they're really good but they just they're fast because they're really really light but they just give you nothing like you're just sore as soon as you start running in them you just feel like your legs are getting beat up it's it's like you're just as fast so it doesn't it's not like their you know, shoes have gotten a lot quicker I think shoes have just gotten a little bit more forgiving which allows yeah. you to do a lot more in them and pull up a lot better the next day but so they're more comfortable to run in but I don't necessarily think that speed is that yeah. much quicker? I think in the longer stuff it is because it, you know you get less muscular fatigue, but the shorter stuff they're no faster, they're just more comfortable. Yeah, oh, it's amazing. I look forward to getting a pair. Hopefully, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know when that's going to be, but we'll get there. We'll get there. All righty, let's uh, let's jump into it. So yeah, Coastal High. Uh, yeah. When are we recording this? It's uh, it's Sunday today. So Coastal High is two weeks yesterday, isn't it? Have I done my maths right? Days, not yep. long. So. Not long at um, all. As we said, we, we spoke to Steve Jackson a couple of episodes ago and he gave us a bit of an overview of the course. But, Kyle, if you can just run us through your understanding or your memory of, of roughly what the course looks like. And then we've got we've got the start list here. So we've, we've, we're going to go through a couple of males, a couple of females who we think might be uh, might be worth a watch or worth a punt. I don't know if sports bet are going to be over this for betting purposes, <laughs> but we'll see. So, uh, Kyle, the course for us. Yes. Got? Well, I've got the course map in front of me, so I can tell you exactly yeah. what it's like. So. The course now, from my understanding and what I've, I've heard from Steve is now the course at the start, you don't do the little loop section on that little bit of single trail down from the road. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, based on what he said, you're going to start and run straight up the road from the bottom car park at Binnaburra. Yeah. You then jump onto the border track and same as Coastal High has gone the last few years, out on the Dave's Creek circuit, which is my favorite trail on the Gold Coast. I love it out there. Yeah. That little bit of trail is absolutely spectacular. Then ride on the Shipsterns, which again is up there. Those two trails are absolutely spectacular. So everyone's spoiled that they're going to get to run that in a race yeah. um and then you work your way instead of turning right onto lower bellbird and staying around the bottom of the cliffs you actually climb all the way back up to the top car park with that yeah. and that's where checkpoint one will be there now that will actually be at about 23 kilometers 22 and a half 23 kilometers in i don't know the exact distance there but so people will have to remember to have enough water on them for that first almost half of the race where there's not going to be much out there on dave's mm. creek or ship Stearns. You'll then dive down onto the cave circuit, which is a beautiful little trail. It only goes for a couple of kilometers, but it's beautiful down there as well, a little down and up. 
You then hit the road where the start line was. You'll then turn right where the little out and back section used to be at the start and you'll drop yep. down through where the old checkpoint one is, the little grassed area, and then you'll head down the fire trail down into Numanbar. And then the course from there is back to what the very original course was back in the first year when it was the, the Great Walk. So you go down through Numanbar, only difference being that you run up through the Raw Challenge area instead yeah. of down to near Numanbar Hall. It's then straight up onto Chester's Road. And this year, instead of going then up and down all the climbs in Numanbar, you just go straight up Chester's Road, down, cross the creek and head up towards Apple Tree. And then the course is the same as it's been every other year. You obviously get to climb up Apple Tree Stairs. You'll hit the rundown under checkpoint at the top of Apple Tree Stairs, which should be a good yes. little event. I know there's a few few friends going to be looking after that, so that'll be run very well. And then drop down, and then you've got the last few K climb up Purling Brook Falls and finish at the settlement campground. 50 yeah. Ks, a couple of thousand metres of climbing. Well, gonna I nice was going to ask, is, looking so with with the up and downs taken out of Numanbar, then does that mean we're going to have less climbing in previous years or will will there be more climbing made up earlier end on? Up, I think most of it, I don't have the exact stats on me as far as exactly to the metre what this one is, but I don't think it's going to be that much different because you're going to have a little bit more climbing up and out of Binabara before you actually yep. drop down. So it will be, and I think obviously there's a little bit less in Numanbar, but I don't think it'll be too much less. It's just that there'll be a little bit more climbing in the first half and a little bit less Obviously, there's still a lot of climbing in the second half. Most of it is in the second yeah. half, but a little bit less of those short, sharp climbs as to the you know as there yeah. has been in previous years. But exciting. that'll be great, as, as you said. Uh, what what checkpoint is um, the top of Apple Tree Stairs? Is that you said it's three checkpoint three? Uh, checkpoint three. Yep. Yeah, so that's where yeah Trav Island from Run Down Under. He's going to have the uh, I think he's going to have the big arch up there, which would be great. It it'll it'll almost be good. Be, It'll be very um, golden trail like, won't it? So to get to the top of the stairs and then run through an arch, um, there is a segment, isn't there, on on the on the stairs? Um, there is. So uh, I'm going to be out there with Trav doing that one, which would be great to see people at their um, their best and their worst, I guess, as they come up the up the stairs. So that uh, that'll be, be awesome. And we've got yeah, we've got the mountain goat trail runners are looking after checkpoint two, which is just at Numan Bar after you do the road section. So I'm sure yep. they'll do a great job. They've always got a lot of people out and about running around on the trail. So checkpoints are going to be well looked after, which is good yeah. to see. But, yeah, that's right, through the, yeah. the preview. Who are, you, who are you picking as well, your potential winners? It's um, So I think when the, when people entered, they had to sort of give away what time they were aiming for, what a, what sort of time bracket they were going for. So um, no doubt I'm going to miss out some big names here, I think. But, um, well, some some hidden names, maybe, maybe people who've come down from Brisbane that maybe we're not quite aware of or things like that. So... Apologies if uh, if we don't end up picking anyone here in the top three, but I, I think we might do. I think I'm pretty confident with the list that we've got here. So, Kyle, let's go through the females to begin with. Um, Haley Teal, who is who came third at Coastal High 2018, and we've spoken about Haley a lot uh, recently. Now, I'm I'm really interested to see how she goes here because obviously Haley does incredibly well at the really long ultras, the 100 Ks, um, things like scenic rim, and you know those kind of things. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how she goes in a 50k, um, as opposed to something a lot longer. Uh, Sarah Ryan was down. She's run UTA 22 in the past. Lisa Haring, she ran the Brisbane Trail Ultra 100 mile last year in 2019. Um, but the name that jumped out for me, and we're going to talk a bit about her later on, is Risha Lewis. So winner of the Guzzler only a couple of weeks ago, well, last last weekend. Yeah, all right. Yeah, and winner of Blackhall. Fortnight yeah. before that 
Yep. So she is in the the women's race. Um, so look, if I had to say out of those four, I'd have to say Risha first and Haley second, and then I think I mean I don't know too much about Sarah and Lisa there, but it, it could be anyone's for third. But I, I the names that I saw on the list from people that we've spoken about in the past, I can't see anyone bumping Risha or Haley off the first two. I mean, I hope I hope I'm wrong just for the purely the sake of racing. Um, but I can't see anyone dislodging those two. Do you, do you see Haley potentially beating Risha, or do you think it's going to be over that short distance, knowing what Risha's done recently, and run a 5.11? That's quick, isn't it? I think, well, it all depends how Risha's pulled up after the guzzler, because obviously that yep. was an amazing run, and um, we'll chat about that soon. But if she's pulled up well and she's fit, I think she'll take it out quicker than Haley will. I think she'll have yep. the lead for it. It'll just come out, come down to whether she can hang on from Numan Bar up through Apple Tree into the finish because that's where Haley will probably make up a bit yes. of time if she if she does start struggling at all. It could be a really interesting finish to see what the gap's like at Numan Bar and then to see what the gap's like at the top of Apple Tree because that'll give a pretty good indication whether she's going to get close to her or potentially catch her at the end. Yeah, because no one, I mean, certainly around here in Gold Coast and Southeast Queensland, no one really climbs like Haley does, do they? So I mean, she, the, the elevation that she does every single week is extraordinary um but like you said it'll be interesting to see how how close Haley gets to Risha whether whether she tries to keep her in touch or whether whether she can because Risha's speed is obviously amazing um but Risha will know that Haley's a phenomenal climber and that's obviously going to come into it as well so that'll be that's really exciting I'm really I'm really happy to see that those two are in it um two very different races but two two different styles of racing that will have a place on the course at some stage um, from my memory of Coastal, that, that lovely downhill as you come down into Numanbar, you know, the first half of the race, it's beautiful and it's quick. You know, and, and as, as much as we talk about Haley being a good climber, she's also got to be a good descender as well because she does so much hill work. So it might be it might be absolutely tailor-made for Haley to, to hang on to Risha there. I don't know. It it's, absolutely it's, could be. Well, I think based on that, if Risha knows that, I don't know if Risha knows Haley or not, but... It's kind of like you said, two very different races are kind of going to clash in the middle of what they're kind of good at. There's enough climbing in this that it's going to suit Haley, yeah. but it's still 50K, not 100K. So I think, I don't know, if potentially whether Risha goes out hard to try and put time into Haley before the hills start or whether, yeah. you know, maybe she does play it a little bit easier and hope that she can burn it once she gets into Numanbar on the road section, maybe she'll she'll put the speed on. I don't know. It's going to be hey, a good one to watch. I'll definitely be following that. Yeah. Do you know off the top of your head roughly what Alana and Britt's record time is? I think they were somewhere around 5.30. I could be wrong there. 5.20 to 5.30, somewhere around 5.5, yeah. That's got to be under threat then, hasn't it? Oh, definitely. Well, it depends how hot it's going to be. I think that's the other thing. It's a different course, number one, and depending on the conditions. You know, it's always nice and cool up at Binnenborough anyway, so I don't think the heat will play too. It depends how hot it is on the day, but generally you'll get away with the heat up there better than you will down closer to the, the coast. So... It might be interesting that it, the other thing is if it is cooler up there, people are going to go pretty hard in that first half and then the heat's going to hit them really hard once they get into Numanbar. So yeah. it could be the tale of two parts, that race. So it's going to be interesting. Well, as I said, I'm at the top of the stairs at that checkpoint, so it'll be it'll be unreal. I'll see if I can get a bit of live footage coming through as, as they come through the, the girls and see who's leading that. But let's, um, let's shift over to the men now. There was a, a glut of names here and... Any of these runners could potentially win it. There's some there's some absolutely phenomenal um, talent in here. There's goat loop, you know, legends and goat loop history makers in here. There's Kokoda winners. There's 
you know, winners of 50Ks and 100Ks and 100-mile races in here. So um, let me just go through them as, as it was on the, um, the start list that we got. So Vincent Fletcher, the man needs no introduction. Um, you know, he, he loves racing down this kind of way. Second in 2018 with a time of 4.41, which is a, a great time for second place. Um, Courtney Atkinson as well, he's on the list. So 2019 six-foot track uh, marathon winner. Uh, third at UTA 22 in 2019 as well, as well as being, I was getting the top of the list, as well as being a former champion of uh, the Goat Loop, which I'm sure Courtney yep. appreciate the mention there. Uh, Yun Pua, so Black All 100 winner in 2018. First at the Guzzler, um, 2019, I think it was, um, and third in 2020 just recently. So Yun's got, you know, a lot of pedigree around here as well. He's very well known. Um, Brad Glover. Gold Coast 100-mile winner recently, knocked off Ryan Crawford recently in the race we talked about. Uh, and in 2018, uh, fifth at Coastal, which, of course, 2018 was the last time it was it was run, wasn't it? Because last year it wasn't on either. Um, yeah, right. We've then got Henry Coombs in there who, you know, was Henry seventh, seventh or eighth at UTA 50 a couple of years back. Kokoda champion, Kokoda winner. Um, has raced Coastal High many times. There'd be very few people out who know Numanbar and and Shipsterns and places like that better than Henry does. And let's um, just hope he goes out absolutely smashes himself <laughs> that weekend, and he's going to be really tired yeah. for the relay the weekend after, which is good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Torgia, so Chrisford Solomdale, um, who was the first time I came across his name. Really, um, I think Ben Deneen knows him a little bit uh, quite well. But Torgia was uh, was in the top ten for the Goat Loop for quite a long time as well. So yes. you know, he's quite well known. A Gold Coast trial running in Southeast Queensland, and then our good mate Ando, uh, third Coastal High 2018, fifth in 2017, and of course 2018 was fifth at UTA 50, and has just podiumed in a couple of races recently. So let me go through that list again by first name, Kyle, and then you're going to talk me through what you think. So we got Vincent, Courtney, Yun, Brad, Henry, Torgia, and Anderson. I think Vincent and Courtney will be yep. really hard to beat um i think those two will be one and two by a significant margin that's my yep. prediction i think those two will be really hard to beat um ewan's raced heaps this year so i don't know how fresh he'll be or how ready he'll be but you know he's a really strong runner all round as well um people like andos who knows who knows what Ando yep. do? he could come out and stay with them all all day who, who knows so he's yep. a bit of a wild card when it comes to coastal high um Oh, like people like you know someone like Brad Glover, you know he's going to run well. He's one of those ones that you can kind of guarantee you know exactly what he's going to run, and he'll be there or thereabouts towards the end, and he'll always climb well at the end. So I think that's kind of exciting to see how how he goes. Like I yep. said, I hope Henry goes with the leaders and just absolutely cooks himself <laughs> in that first thirty k. That would be excellent. Yep. <laughs> no, Henry yep. will run well. Henry will run well. Um, as he and always does when he does the ultras. And towards year, like I said, I don't know exactly what he's been up to in training wise, but. Again, they've all got pedigree. They all, you know, they're more locals. They know the course. Um, they'll be excited to be racing again on the Gold Coast. Yeah. So I think it's going to be interesting. But I, I think Courtney will win. So when That's when you say by a significant margin, what are we talking? Is it five minutes plus? Uh, you, think, you think Vincent and Courtney will be five minutes plus ahead of them? I, I think they'll be closer to 15, 20 minutes ahead of everyone else. At the wow. End. Jeez. That's my prediction. I think if they run well and it's not re- – that depends. if it's really hot, it'll be different. But if they both run well, I think Courtney could run sub 4.30 yep. on that course, um, if not quicker. And I think Vincent's obviously got that in him as well, given he's yep. run 4.41. 
and he obviously got more experience on it as well and racing in his legs this year. So, yeah, I think I think those two are the ones to beat. And then it could be a blanket for third between any any of those other guys. It could be it could be any of the others. It'll depend on the day. But everyone else is is definitely in the race for the podium. And if the thing is, if those two guys at the front go out way too hard and end up battling, and you know, a couple of them have bad patches and blow up towards the end, then it just throws it wide open for everyone. And you know, it could be absolutely anyone that wins it. So that's that's really exciting as well. So where do you see the difference between Vincent and Courtney then over the course? Uh, Where are their strengths that you know of? I think Courtney. He'll run really well on the first. Well, he run on the whole thing, but I think he'll run really well through the first half. He's got the speed on that technical trail. So those type of trails around Binabara and Springbrook, those single trails where there's a few little rocks and you've got to hop and jump around things and things, he's really, really quick on those as well. Um, but he's also, as we know, he's got leg speed as well and he can run yeah. He can run uphill faster than most people I know as well. So it's it's going to be an interesting one. Like Vincent will grind it out with him in the whole day. And, you know, with Vincent, he's pretty much going to give 110% the whole day and he'll give absolutely everything. So if he has a good day, he'll he'll stay with him. Yeah. Um, but I think those two will have a really good battle. It'll be just whether Courtney sits back and runs with a group and then tries to kick at the end because obviously he's going to have some pretty good finish speed up through those climbs and through those trails at uh, Perling Brook. So if it comes down to a close finish and he hangs back, I think he'll win. Um, it'll only be if he tries to go out hard and run really quick and then he blows up, that that opens it up for anyone. Wow. Um, and, of course, there's there's likely in the, in the females and the males to be a couple of other names there that will jump in and be in the mix. But it's it's shaping up to be an exciting race, isn't it? It's, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be great to be at the top of the stairs for that checkpoint and see, I guess, which head pops up first in the males and the females. But, um, yeah, we'll try and, I'll try and get a little bit of footage as they come up there uh, for the first yep. few that come through. But That'll be good. Um, but yeah, we don't know the heat. It's so different, different time of year, slightly different course. Um, but great, I guess great to have Courtney jumping into a 50, you know, in a, in a classic race like Coastal High. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. How do you, how do you beat him? Is it a case of just waiting for him to make the mistake? And then you hope that he has a day where he's dipping in form and you're, you know, peaking in form and, you know, incredible. Like it's one of those things with, with an athlete like that, like he's an Olympian, you know, anyone who's. Yeah. yeah, he's got year, his whole lifetime of training behind him as well. Like those type of athletes are just kind of different athletes to the rest yeah. of us. They they know how to get their body into good shape and how to get themselves ready for a race. And even though Courtney's not competing at that level anymore, he'll have himself ready to to run this race. So he'll he'll be hard to beat. Yeah. Um. In uh. In talking to Vincent a couple of weeks ago, he he was just mentioning who the other runners are going to be, and he mentioned two triathletes. Now, obviously, Courtney, you know, ex triathlete. Is one of them. So I, there must be another, either ex triathlete or, or current triathlete thrown in the mix. Well, is I don't have the list in front of me, but Lindsay Lowry, who's he's the one that's been training with Courtney on all of his training runs. Yeah. So he's the one that competes with Courtney. I'm sure he competes with Courtney at the Red Bull Defiance races when they do the team race. Yep. Um So he'll be, he's been doing all the training runs with Courtney as well. So I'd say he'll probably go yep. off with with Courtney or up in that front group. I don't know what he's done in the longer the running races, but. Yeah, if he does all his training with Courtney, I see what Courtney does. So I'd say he's he's in really good shape as well. Wouldn't surprise me if he runs off in that lead pack as well. So that's another name that could absolutely potentially be up there through most of the race. Is this another situation where you're disappointed not to be racing? Uh, nope. <laughs> I'm this racing one, next weekend. I'm this one you're happy to sit back and watch. Happy yep, I'm happy. Run. I have not been doing enough hills to be excited or disappointed not to be running this. And I think, I, look, I'd love to be doing it, obviously, but... Not with where I'm at at the moment with not running many hills. I think I would absolutely get found out if I decided to jump in last minute and race this. 
have you i was gonna say i mean we you know i know you've raced a lot with ando and henry and and, and brad and people like that but the other guys so vincent courtney and ewan um have you had much race experience against those have you have you even raced courtney it, uh no i don't think so no i don't think i've raced courtney uh i've raced yawn at blackall in the 100k the year he won um when i was third with troy that was back maybe three three years ago um when he won he ran really well that day uh vincent i'd say i've probably raced him at up the buff before but that would have been years and years ago not recently no i don't think i have um unless it was oh maybe in one of the SEQ series, but nothing major, no big races. Yeah. But I'd love to race yeah, against yeah. Vincent. I like the way he races, and he just goes hard from the gun. I like that. So yeah. I'm looking forward to jumping in and racing with him at some point. <laughs> Next year will happen. All right, um, Kyle, jump us through. Let's go to one of the big ultras. Uh, like we've said in this podcast many times, we are sport for choice. There are so many ultras that we can do. And the Guzzler, it, it delivered again. It delivered with some great stories from friends of ours who raced this as well. So um yeah the 50 and the 100 i know there was a shorter one as well a 20 or 21 or 22 as well um do they call it the sipper yeah they call it i've got it the big sipper yeah the big sipper the glass half full (laughs) and the guzzler they're the three races let's go through the glass half full and the guzzler then give us uh okay so we'll start with the the glass half full 50k and as well on this event just putting it out there like a big well done to the organizers of this race because everything i've heard about it is that it was organized just to perfection every little detail was done really well and it was done very professionally so well done to everyone that's obviously the team are organizing organizing the guzzler because i've heard nothing but really really positive things um apparently they've got incredible course marking i saw a little video from our friend jack gill who we recorded when he obviously wasn't moving too well and decided to film what the course markings look like to show everyone and it looked pretty incredible so Mm. he he said i don't know how anyone could possibly get lost but then we're running with a group of guys this morning and a couple of them both got lost on it so (laughs) obviously it wasn't impossible to get lost but it looked very very well done so well done to everyone that it helped organize it but we'll start with the the 50k now i'm going to go through the males first so third place we had andrew hill in five hours and 30 minutes second place in the males and third overall i'm going to get this name wrong adrian de la nugarid i reckon i did pretty well there yep he did 526 and nicholas titici how do you reckon i did there yep perfect Close enough 521 23 um, so they were the males and they were second, third and fourth overall. So that gives a little indication that a male did not win the entire race, which is very exciting. Um, and then we'll go to the females. So third female was Carol Robertson in 6.11. Second female, Sonia Alba Miller, 5.59. So just dipped under six hours. So well done, Sonia. That's a nice little milestone to dip under. First place and first place overall, we've already spoken about it today but risha lewis ran 5 11 21 to win the whole event by 10 minutes absolutely annihilate it which is just incredible she's had an incredible yeah. year she's won pretty much well she's won black all guzzler and then she's racing coastal high that'd be a very big triple of 50ks to take out in southeast queensland within the space of a couple of months i don't know if anyone's done the triple of those three big ultras in southeast queensland so incredible that would be an incredible triple crown i don't think anyone's done it so incredible now, running by risha and Jack, Jack Gill, when we ran with him on a Wednesday, talked us through the, kind of how the race went. And he said that there was a kind of a group of them together. And, and Risha sort of pulled up with them at about 28K. She came and joined the group um, and then ran with them for about 8K until um, the late 30s and then just took it from there. And like you said, the difference between her and Nick's times, 10 minutes, 
Um, that's a that's a comprehensive win, isn't it? Pretty um, impressive. I think I think I don't know too much about Risha, but I think she lives Sunshine Coast. I, I've heard talk that she trains with Ryan Crawford up there a little bit uh, around the Biwa area, and I think she told Jack even after the race they were chatting that she climbed Biwa um, on the Friday or the Thursday before the race. I don't know how true that is. I don't know if Jack was just delirious after his race, but. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, if she's training up there, um, we know Glasshouse is a great place to train. And if she's training with Ryan Crawford, it, does it get any any better location and, and training partner? So no wonder she's she's cleaning up. She's cleaning up. She is. She's doing incredible. So we'll see how she goes at Coastal High. Will she make it the three, the triple crown? Yeah. Exciting. Crown. Exciting. So that was the 50K. So some really you know, amazing news. Just anytime we get to see a female beat all the blokes, it's just awesome. I love seeing that. Yeah. So that was incredible. So well done, Risha, for doing that. Um in the 100K, we had – I'll go through the females first. Now, we had a couple of ties at certain points in this race, which I'm going to touch on in a second. We had a tie for third female in 1532, and that was Jeanette Smith and Donna Oliver. So they both took out third. And then second was Emma Burgess in 1502. And then just six minutes ahead, Rebecca Phillip took out the win in 1456. So just dipped under the 15-hour mark. Um, and so well done to the ladies. That's all fairly close racing there for them, which is really good. Um, and then the male race, um, third. Now, this was interesting because we were all following along, and like I'd said on the last episode, it was kind of Ben Duffus's race to lose. Um, and I was following along the splits all day, and as to kind of be expected, he was out in the front by quite a significant margin. And then it got to about the 80, 85K mark when watching the splits, and all of a sudden his name just didn't pop up anymore, and all these other names started coming through. Um, so obviously at that point we're going, okay, either his timing shift isn't working or he's absolutely blown up. Don't know which one it is, be one of the two. Um, and then we kind of got word through that he had he was sitting in one of the, the tents and had stopped for a little while but hadn't pulled out yet. Um, so he ended up – I'll kind of go through that because – I'll go through the top three first. So Yun Fua, who we've spoken about already, is doing Coastal High. He was third in 13.09, which is a great run. Um, second place, Matez Slapnika. Now, I reckon I probably got that reasonably close pronunciation. He did 12.28, which is a great time on that course. That's that's really cool. And first place from the now Mountain Goat Trail Runners, yeah. Nicholas Bamford. And it was amazing to see. I was watching the live stream that they put up waiting at the finish, all of the Mountain Goat Trail Runners were standing around the finish line hoping that it was going to be him that was coming through because obviously there was a couple of them quite close together towards the finish and they saw him pop out right towards the end and they all went crazy and it was it was really, really cool to see. I, I really yeah. enjoyed watching that. It had that real kind of team atmosphere, which was good. So Nicholas won in 12 hours and 14 minutes um, and then it ended up being Ben Duffus, Michael Duggan and Alex Murphy all crossed the line in 14.06. Now, I was chatting to Nolas this morning on our run because we had a big group of us running together. Um, and he said to me, he's like, I've got a question for you. He's like, is that equal fourth or is that equal sixth? <laughs> and I, yeah. was like, you know, I hadn't thought about that because he said, you know, well, really, one of them was the sixth one to come across. Do you call that all equal fourth or do you call that all <laughs> equal sixth? Like, That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Uh, it's listed on the results as all equal fourth. There is no fifth or sixth place. So. There's your answer, Nolis. They've put them down as equal fourth. But interesting, mm-hmm. after the conversation we've had in the past about whether you should cross the line holding hands or not, because um, yes. we had three cross the line. And I, obviously this was for fourth, fifth, and sixth. I, I, you know, no one really minds too much. But had that been for second, third, and fourth, or third, fourth, and fifth, 
I don't know if we'd mm. be talking a bit differently. They would have done the same thing, I'm sure. I think they're all good <laughs> friends from Brisbane, those three. But I'd still love for them to say, okay, we're going to give you all equal fourth, but go back 100 metres and we're going to have a sprint for the finish just to see who can take the spot. But anyway, well, different story. Honestly, speaking from from someone who hasn't podiumed in a 50K or 100K ultra here, if I was given that chance and I hadn't podiumed, I think I'd turn to the guy and say, can we run this over together? Just, I'd just be like, uh, just let, let me get, let me get a podium, and then you know, next time we'll go hell for leather. But Once then, you, wouldn't you finish? You would finish and go, oh, did I deserve? Like, would have he beaten me if we actually raced to the finish line? Do I deserve that? That's why my head would go. I know. I guess, like I said, whoever thinks, whoever's feeling the weakest is going to be like, yep, yeah, let's run this in together. This will be great. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah, that's right. both I don't know. Different. That, everyone's got their own opinion on that. Obviously, there's some different things, but. In one sense, I like the racing side of things. You know, no one, if, if you out sprint someone by three seconds, no one's going to think any less of you in over 100Ks. It just gives her yeah. a cool little moment. Um, you know, everyone's going to know you've run just as well. No, it's just a bit of entertainment. So if people want to cross the line together, they can cross the line together. Yeah. Cool. Easy to say, Kyle, cool. when, you, when you're podium like you have. But for those of us who haven't, like I said, I'd, first one. And then if I podiumed regularly after that, I'd be like, I oh, just forget the first one. Now that's irrelevant. <laughs> but if that's the only one I have for the rest of my life, then who knows? Who knows what you just wait. There'll, be, there'll be a day soon where I'll cross the line with three people in a big group and then I'll have to eat my own words and say, oh, yeah. no, I've changed my, I've changed my yeah. tone. I've done it before. Troy and I crossed equal third at Blackhall a few years back. We ran <laughs> the whole day together and crossed third. So I've done it yeah. myself. So I can't talk yeah. too strongly about it. But, yes, That's Guzzler, right. big success. It was great to see, you know, another big ultra in southeast Queensland. We've been spoiled. Like I said, you know, there obviously has been some areas of the country that haven't been able to put too many races on at the moment. So, you know, mm-hmm. we've been very lucky up here to be able to have the amount of races we've had. And also, again, big shout out to all the race directors who have worked bloody hard this year to try and get these races on. Yeah. They have to jump through a lot of hoops to get this on. So, you know, we all take it for granted that, oh, cool, all these races are on. We can go race all the time. But there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes to, to get it done. So I think they're all doing a, an amazing job. And it's good to see everyone supporting them which is good. Yeah. And I mean, this is, uh, I ask you this question because this is something we talked about about a year and a half ago, I guess, before we started doing this podcast when we just used to chat about running stuff on our runs. And I said to you one day, with the amount of ultras that there are in Southeast Queensland, particularly between, let's say, I don't know, from June onwards, let's say from from, from BVRT and Kokoda right through to, you know, GC50. I remember saying to you one day, there is a ton of them. When you, when you put Glasshouse in there, you put BVRT, you put you know, Guzzler, you've got Blackall, you've got Coastal High in there, you know, and I said to you, how are these all going to survive, like, on on their own? And what does it do to the racing scene? It's it's awesome to have all these races. Does it does it dilute the field? But maybe the answer to that is no, because the racing's still been good. And, you know, you look at the, the start list that we've got for Coastal, and that's not diluted. And, and the, the results that we've had, you know, when Ryan and um, and Brad have gone head-to-head at, um, you know, um, Glasshouse. So, Maybe it's not diluting the field, but do you, do you see these races surviving if we, if we look five to ten years into the future? Can all of these survive on their own merit? I think they can, but they're going to have to keep adapting because everything's changing so quickly. If you look what races were like five or ten years ago compared to what they're like now, um, just you know the extra fanfare that goes on and the, how much people expect of these big events, yeah. um, you know, there's always going to be a place for those real grassroots, low-key events, kind of like what Glasshouse is and those things which everyone's going to love and there's a select group of people who will love those races where they can just show up, run, there's no fuss, you don't get anything afterwards, everyone's just there to run and to race. They'll always be a part for those. I think they potentially can struggle unless that group of people continue to support those events. Um, yeah. But I think the, these big ultras are all doing a really good job of enticing people who haven't necessarily run ultras before or run trails before to get into it. And, you know, they make it a big 
community family day, which gets everyone involved. So I think as long as they can keep going down that line um, and, you know, progressing through those and trying to stay ahead of the game and not just getting comfortable in what they're doing and thinking that's just going to work forever because someone else is going to come along with some new idea that's really different and better, you know, mm. and people are going to gravitate towards those things. So I think if they can keep just doing what they're doing at the moment, which they're all doing really well, like I said, you look at the fields and it's, I think at the end of the day, there's a lot more people running trails. Like if you look at the yeah. top end of these races, like there's a whole bunch of these people that it's almost got to the point now where if all, if you took the top 10 people of all these different races, a lot of them have doubled up and you put all of them in a race, we'd get really excited because there are so many names that it'd be really good to race. And it'd be great one day if we can get everyone together to have one race at a certain event. But there's just so many people running really well in trails at the moment that, it, mm. you know, you can have this many races and still have, one massive fields at all the races and really competitive running at the same time. So I think for now, like this year's proved it that, you know, every single one of these races has been massive, big successes, pretty much sellouts and yeah. everyone's enjoyed them. So if they can keep doing what they're doing, I can't see why it, why it won't, but there'll be new things that pop up. So I guess we'll just wait and see. And um, I think the introduction of those slightly shorter races within the, the event itself, I know like a black hole this year, they put on the 21, didn't they? Um, we just talked then about the, what did you call it? The big sipper. Is that what it was called? That yeah, the Big Sipper. The, the Big Sipper, that 21. So having that 20, 20, 21, 22K race, a bit like UTA have done with their 22, it's an entry point, isn't it, for um, yeah. for people who aren't trail runners to actually come in and you know, maybe you've done a half marathon on the road and so you do that, but then you look at the 50 the next year and you go, well, actually, I'm going to step up to the 50. Um, yeah. And maybe it's an entry point like Tim Vincent obviously did the, the Blackhall 21. Like does he look at the 50 next year and go, well, I'll have a shot at that. Like, And if he jumps in, then the field's got better, hasn't it? So I, I think they're making an event out of them. Um, and by putting that extra race in, I think that's really beneficial long-term to you know, the longevity of it. So that's great. Oh, um, so big news in the week. I think everyone's jumped across it and everyone has, will be jumping on it, Kyle. But Park Run is back. It used to be my favourite segment going through the local races for Park Run, and it's back now, November the 28th, which is two weeks. It's the same uh, day as Coastal, so... Unfortunately, I won't be able to get there because I'm going to be helping Trav set up the um, the checkpoint. But November 28, Kyle, where do you think it's going to be happening? Surely, surely anyone who's not racing coastal, or I don't know, is there Kingscliff Tri? I don't know what triath- triathlons on, but something might be on. Where are they going to go? Oh, I think I think they'll all be busy. To be honest, I don't think there'll be any that are quiet. I think Main Beach will be really popular. That's always probably the yep. busiest park run on the coast. Main Beach and Kira generally get the most numbers. Um, so I know they'll be busy running along the beach. We ran on that park run course this morning and it's just spectacular. So I think Main Beach will be really busy. Um, I think Mudrabar will be busy. I've heard a lot of few people posting about that one as well. I think yeah. that always gets a really good turnout, but oh, they're all going to be busy. I think everyone's just going to be so excited that park runs back on. And I think like park, the people that do park run, that's a massive part of the running community. Pretty much everyone will generally go to that. So the fact that it's been gone for so long and it's back, It'll almost be like there's a park run event coming up for the first time that everyone's waiting for. So I think yeah. everyone that's not already racing on the weekend will probably be at park run Saturday morning. So it's going to be exciting to see. I'll be interested to see what the numbers are like. I think, uh, you know, obviously people have got to sign up and there'll be slightly different, different bits there. But I think it'll be great to see. I think it'll get a lot of people back to these, uh, back to these yeah. events. And anyone who's probably racing GC, GC50 will might even use park run as a, as a good 5K hit out just to see see where their fitness has before that. But yeah, look, I, I like obviously Paradise Point and Kira. I think that's where the the heat is going to be on there. So if people are going for a race win, I mean, what a what a day to win! What a what a phenomenal day to I win! I know how good that going to be. First park run back. Because you remember the the park run earlier in the year? What was on? 
it was February 29, wasn't it? Remember that one earlier in the year? It was it was like if you won that one on Feb- Saturday, February 29, you were going to be the champion for the next 12 years or something. I can't That's remember right. what the years were. That's so right. to, to be able to boast in the years to come back that you were you won the parkrun at your local event on the day that you know, parkrun came back after coronavirus will be will be a special special moment. I think uh, it'll be good. People, people will turn out. But um, also some good racing overnight. The UQ 1500 meter classic was fast and yeah. frenetic. Um, if you haven't seen the video, jump on the Queensland Athletics because they televise it so well now. And Brian Chapman, the voice of running we've talked about, he was on the mic just talking them through it. So um, it's not a long watch, four minutes to watch it for the men's and female. So, um, but yeah, you've got some results for us, Kyle. You watched the video yourself? I did. I watched both races. And yeah, some really good, both races were really good races. Like, yeah, the times were impressive as, you know, you expect them to be. But it was really competitive, really good racing in both races, especially the females. The last lap of the females was really good to watch. Um, so I'll go through the results. But Ella Wilson was third in 4.22. Hannah Cox was second in 4.18.37. And Lily Burden from New Zealand, she's a New Zealand representative, she did 4.17.82. So she won by half a second. But interestingly there, so Lily was leading for most of the race. And then with about 300 to, or 250 to 300 to go, Hannah put a big surge in and actually got around her at about the mm. 200, 150 mark. And you thought, yep, she's just going to absolutely run away with it because she went past and made a massive move. And you thought, that's it. She's just going to fly past it. And then it got back into the last 100-meter bend and Lily came around the outside and just absolutely flew down the last probably 60 to 70 meters really? and out kicked that. It was incredible to watch that to see someone come back like that. She just paced that last lap to perfection. So that was a very impressive run by Lily to watch that. So that was the female race. That was a great start to watch that. That was really exciting. Um, and then we moved on to the to the men's race. And I like I look at the times and I'm going, you know, they weren't you know ridiculously fast. They were impressive, but it's not like they were world class. What Diamond League? But I watched the race, and as soon as I started watching it, I thought. These guys are absolutely flying. Yeah. I don't know if it was just the camera angle or what I was watching, but it looked really, really fast, and it was yeah. fast. Um, but they just looked like they were absolutely sprinting. It's one of the first ones I've watched where I'm going, these guys are actually really moving quickly. I felt like I got a good appreciation for what speed they were going. And the best yeah. bit was they had one of the little um, John Deere ride-on, not the mowers, but one of the little <laughs> carts going around in lane four and five. And once it got to about 400 metres to go, it had a top speed that couldn't keep up with the guy. So he started to get dropped by the runners. He couldn't keep up with the race. So that was that was quite funny to watch. You watch it with a couple hundred metres to go, the runners, the pack just pulls away from it and it can't keep up. So that was quite they were, funny. Um, they were lapping in, uh, I think they went through the first 400 and 62, 63, I think Brian Chapman said. so. And he made yep. a comment at one stage that they're just outside you know, four-minute mile pace. So, yeah, it, it when you compare it to yeah, Diamond League and, World, and the major meets, it obviously not as quick but like you said when you start to look at it and watch it live and you think that's a 62 second lap and then, as you said earlier in a couple of podcasts ago try and do that for one lap and there's not many that can that can do that so great to great to watch and the coverage has got so much so better to be able to yeah, watch that and brilliant. to have brian commentating the whole way pretty much was was made it special so I'll go through the – and I don't know what the, the last lap must have been really quick. So they ended up averaging about six, just over 60 seconds a lap, and the first one was 62. So they got quicker throughout the race. But Jude Thomas, uh, he ran 347.53. He took out third, and he's only 18, Jude. So very young, very impressive. So he's got a massive future ahead of him. So that's – I've been kind of following along with him this year, and his name just keeps creeping up, and he's just improving and improving every time he runs. So 
exciting things to see what what he can do in the future. Um, Callum Davies, who's I think he's won this fifteen hundred a few times. He's mm. been around for quite a while, well, quite a while. He's twenty one, so he hasn't been around for that long. <laughs> the last few years, he's been up there with these races all the time. He ran three forty seven, and if people watch the video, he's the one that wears the hat. And he always wears his white cap when he runs these races, which is his own little thing that he does. So um, that was really impressive. Um, but the winner, who we've spoken about um, this guy before, but Adam Fogg. Um, he's also 21, so it was the Battle of the Young Guns in this race. He ran 346.57. Um, and, again, he was really impressive to watch as well because he went to the front with just over a lap to go and held them off when they all tried to pass him at the bell, yeah. held that off, and then they kept coming at him, kept coming at him, and he just held them off, held them off, and then just kicked down with about just under 100 metres to go and they just no one could go with him. So that was really impressive to, to watch that race. But both male and female, great events. So if anyone hasn't watched it, like you said, jump onto Queensland Athletics and, like I said, they only go for four minutes. So mm. jump on and have a watch of what some, you know, the fastest guys and girls in southeast Queensland can do. And um, you said earlier, didn't you, that a couple of episodes ago, Adam Fogg is he's running in America, is he, for college team? And he's over here but yeah. obviously can't get back home. So the other athletes just must be waiting for this, you know, band to be lifted, get rid of him, <laughs> get him back overseas so they can start taking out some local events again. <laughs> That's good um, to see, though. It's good to see. Oh. But Brian said in, in, in the male race, Brian Chapman, how good it was to see all those guys together. It was literally, it looked like a world athletics meet because, you know, sometimes in these races, a few guys go off the front, you know, it's back of three or four, but it was, a, it was everyone was there. Um, you know, Aiden Hobbs from in training said, I think he was last across the line, but he said it was one of the greatest races he's been involved with um, just to be able to run against those those guys. And they were all sort of crammed together within the space of 10, 10, 12 yeah, meters. Like, it's, you can really see how tactics come into it and, and positioning and like Adam Fogg, just his positioning the whole race was just outstanding because he could just watch and monitor everything. Didn't have to do all the work, but was just able to cover the the attacks as they came. And like you said, multiple goes at him, and he just yeah. he kicked every single he time him off really well. Time. That was impressive. Yeah, yeah. really impressive. Um, but no, good to see track racing. Like I said, I'm a track runner now, so I can appreciate <laughs> it a little bit more. Well, I, I'm I can't wait. I don't know if the results are up on QA at the moment, but I'd, I'd be interested to see the. Uh, the B and C division um, for male yeah. and female, just to see, uh, obviously you'll jump in quite comfortably there, but to see where the, um, maybe there's a masters. I don't know. Maybe to uh, have a look where the other races are and to see the, um, I guess the, the starting point just to get, to give you some idea, like the girls time four seventeen for those just doing some quick maths, four thirty is three minute pace, you know, so the girls are well under three minute pace. So it's, it's flying. And when you then think about, you know, the speed at which the men were running, what did you say? Was it 346, did you say? Or three? 346. 346. I mean, that's extraordinary, isn't it? Absolutely yeah, incredible pace. It's just over 230 pace. For people yeah. who want to know how fast that is, it's very, very fast. Yeah. Um, all righty. Now, what have we got coming up, Kyle? We've got, um, obviously, GC50. We're, we're busy training for the for the relay. There's a couple of new teams that have entered from mates that we mm-hmm. know. And of course, be, we look forward to a couple of teams from from up north in Brisbane coming down as well. So it's it's going to be it's going to be a, a great day. And look, I'd, I'd be interested. I'm going to touch on this with this relay thing because I'm, I'm enjoying the little the banter that's going on between all these teams. And we might even put like a little bit of a poll up after this this week because I'm really interested to see. So <laughs> out of our little group of friends, we've got you and I who are racing. Yep. We've got Luke Kilbourne and Henry Coombs. And then we've yep. got Ando and Jack Gill racing together. And I'm interested yep. to see who everyone thinks what the order of those team results is going to be. I'd be very interested to see because we've kind of done the calculations ourselves and we both reckon it's going to be really close between all three teams for the total time for the 50K. Yeah. 
yeah, I'd be interested to see who people are backing. I like the rivalry. I've been talking a lot of a lot of crap to everyone else in these teams, so I need to back <laughs> up on the day. <laughs> oh man, I just feel like I feel like the worst house on the best street is when these names roll around <laughs> as well, which which I don't mind being. I think it's the best place to be. You got to have the worst house on the best street. But no, um, I reckon you'll surprise yourself. You've been training well. I reckon you'll you'll actually surprise yourself. I think you could right. go pretty close to a couple of those guys. I have. I've, I've been really happy with the training, but like I said, the heat is the factor. Um, and I'm I'm excited to see who comes down from Brisbane as well. Like um, my brother said that he's heard the Burt squad are going to be focusing more on the 15 and the 30, um, which Good. is great for us. Um, but yeah, so in training, I'll bring some down. I mean, who knows? Like if if Jacko's Runco throw in you know two or three boys there or females, then. That that's they that's a completely different league. They're you know two guys who run one thirty. Like, don't write yourself off. Who knows? You never maybe know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just writing myself a couple of you know easy outs here. Maybe that's what I'm doing. Um, don't want to hear excuses. No, no excuses. No. It'll be great. It'll be, it's it's a love. It's a wonderful way to finish the year. And um, by by all accounts, a complete sellout. Um, you know, with the, with the event now on a f- Saturday afternoon, I think they've got yoga on Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon as well. I think that's happening. Um, they've got the kids race. They've got music on Saturday night. So it's going to be it's going to be great to watch. It's going to be wonderful. And I really, I'm a massive fan of that out and back course. I think that's going to make the event something something special as well. So, uh, so yeah, we've got GC50. Um, there's a BOR race. BOR, I think it's on the same day, actually. BOR at, yeah, at Dawn. Yeah, the BOR at Dawn, I think. Uh, that's coming up. Um, there'll be obviously triathlons happening around the place as well. Some races there. Um, and yeah, park run will be back, but, uh, Kyle, we're coming towards the end of the year. We've probably only got a couple of these left. So I was talking to you before about, um, cause we're doing secret Santa in our family. And, uh, I always want to get my brother for secret Santa because I know I can just go running gear with him. Like if, if I get anyone else, if I get, if I get my, oh, my dad's not easy to buy for, I can get football stuff. But if I, if I get any of the, the females, I guess my sister-in-law, my sister or my mum, it's a bit more tricky. Whereas if I get my brother, I just roll out a pair of running shorts and a nice yeah. singlet. He's happy. I'm happy. You know, we're, we're good with that. So I was thinking, Kyle, what – well, actually, last year I, I got him a running present for his birthday. Um, but we'll go through that. What are some Christmas present ideas, Kyle, for the uh, for the runner who's who's short of ideas for what to buy for other people? I think – well, obviously, you got the easy options with gear. you got socks. You can never have enough pairs of running socks. Yep. Never have enough pairs of running socks. Running socks, hats. I'm a big hat person. Everyone knows it generally sees me running. I'm yeah. always got a hat on. I'm, I'm a hat person. Um, hats and socks are always a good, easy gift that you can find people for running gear. Any runner will appreciate that type of stuff. Um, then, like you said, it depends it Depends what your budget is with running. You can get yourself yeah. <laughs> lots, of, lots of lovely things when it comes to running. Um, but like we were chatting about earlier, things like, um, you know, run down under that we all use as well membership onto that things like strava premium you know there's a lot of yeah. cool features on that if someone wants things like that you know they move up the budget moves up a little bit with those things but there's a whole bunch of different little things as well um i've had heaps of people ask me about the, you know this arm heart rate monitor thing that i oh, keep yeah. wearing and I pick that up for a lot of everyone asks me about it. everyone no one knows what it is um, but if you see me running and I've got this band on my arm above my watch, it's my heart rate monitor, just so everyone knows, so you can stop asking me what it is. <laughs> it's just a heart rate monitor. Um, things like that. Um, you know, there's all these little like, things. I've got a one year I actually got one of the stride power meters as well, running power yeah. meter. You know, little things that you wouldn't really think of otherwise that are always good. The other one that I think 
every runner needs lots of, which I found out this morning, body glide. You can never have enough yeah. <laughs> sets of body glide or any other anti-chafing product. I was sponsored yeah. by body glide, any of those things, because I found that out the hard way this morning and it was not pleasant. Things like that are never going to go astray. Those things, yeah. that, that would be on my list. If I had socks, a hat, and some body glide, I'd be happy. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Well, yeah, I think I think the subscriptions and things is the easy way to go, isn't it? Like Strava subscription has been great because they've got training programs on there. And if you're a data lover, like you said, um, you know, none of as just a little, um, I guess, awareness. None of these things we're sponsored by or have any endorsements for at all. But um, but yeah, we're just great lovers of these things. Things like, as I said, Strava, the runs of the world with the different maps. Um, uh, Runners World subscription, I've had a, a few times. Oh, gels, yes, absolutely. Gels, um, gels are a good one. Gels are different good. gels. Um, the runners world subscription I've had bought for me and bought for a few runners, uh, in the family in the past. That's always good to flick through those magazines. Uh, and I guess when it comes to running books, I, I mean, I, I love a running motivational book. And at the moment for me, there's no greater running writer at the moment than Adrahan Finn, I think, who's written, um, the way of the runner, which is all about Japanese running, uh, running with the Kenyans when he went and trained with them. And the one that he put out this year, which was, I don't know if you've read it yet, Kyle, but rise of the ultra runner, just extraordinary. No, I haven't read it yet absolutely amazing so i think you know while you have a bit of time off work as people do over christmas to get a good running book in uh really just spikes the motivational uh juices for next year so yeah christmas should it should be easy it should be easy but i, I find as it i get older be, i find as i get older it's just harder and harder but so um yeah I, do you know the other thing that would be really good coffee vouchers find out where your yes. partner or someone has their coffee after they run and buy them a coffee voucher for that place because yeah that's a good present that's a great present but what's your, you what's go. your go-to? Like you said before, socks. What's your go-to socks? Because I, uh, I, I I literally run in any socks. Sometimes I grab business socks, work socks, and I just chuck them on. Um, I know. I know. I yeah. see them all the time. <laughs> if it's winter and it's not hot and sweaty, I've got $2 Kmart socks that I'll wear. Um, yeah. But then obviously coming into summer, I generally go to the better quality socks. Um, I've got a whole bunch of Steigen socks. They're always generally my go-to. I've got a couple yeah. of pairs of the Versus socks as well. They've been really good, actually, recently. I've enjoyed those. I've always got a pair or two of in Gingy in my drawer as well, but I haven't worn those for ages. But, I've, I'm again, I'm more – people get quite funny about the types of socks. I don't really care what the sock feels like. I'm more, what do they look like? I've got yep. a whole bunch of different types of socks. Um, any type, I don't mind. Again, I'm like you. I, I don't really – I'm not that fussy on socks. I'll wear whatever's in the drawer. And to anyone who gets a pair of uh, Alpha Flies for Christmas – it could be one of yes. two things. Either your spouse or your partner, your family member loves you dearly or the reverse and they want you out the door more, training more, so they've bought you the best pair of shoes possible. So, um, But, yeah, imagine. Can you imagine? Yeah. Like when we were younger, it was Xboxes, wasn't it? You wanted an Xbox or a PlayStation. That's what you wanted. You're opening up a pair of Alpha oh. Flies under the Christmas tree. Can you imagine that? <sighs> I'd be excited. Brilliant. Brilliant. Would it be your second pair? So you would be. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, – that's really it. As I said, December GC50 is the focus for everyone. Um, everyone's, I guess, madly now, I guess, trying to wrap up the Ks, aren't they, to try and beat their total from last year. I'm, I'm closing in on my total. I set, I set 4,200 for the year. I just did just over 4,000 last year. So I think I'm – that's the thing I like about Strava with the subscription. It tells me, based on that, how far I'm behind and ahead I've been. And, and earlier in the year I dropped behind because I had a couple of weeks where I was sick. And then wasn't running as much through through the lockdown period. So I would I was at one stage 170 behind, and now I've closed it to 13k. So I, I'm closing in on it. Um, exciting times, exciting times. I know I'm we, in the exact same boat as you, trying to yeah. close in on k's, and it's just 
it's annoying. I kind of wish yeah. I'd run more earlier in the year. Yeah. Yep. And <laughs> it's um, a great thing. So that's what we're all all doing. So we can so we can beat that next year. Uh, but yeah, apart from that, we've got a stupid event uh, planned for just after Boxing Day, which we'll talk about on the next podcast. Um, and seeing how hot it was today, that is going to be a really stupid event. So we'll see how yep. that goes. But but anything big, Kyle. Three weeks till GC fifty. That's surely uh, the focus. How long yep, do you take for a week? Ten days? A week? Uh, given how many Ks I need to do to finish my rundown on the map by New Year's Eve, there won't be a whole lot of a taper. Um, mm-hmm. I'll probably taper for three or four days leading into it and I'll be good to go, hopefully. 25K, I should be okay. I'll, yep. I didn't really taper going into the half marathon. That was just a few days that I tapered for. So it'll be much the same as that. I don't think I'll do too much different. I'll do a workout on the Tuesday. I'll jog for a few days. may have a day off either Friday or Saturday. Yep. And then I'll be ready to go on Sunday, hopefully. Hopefully coming yeah. in, starting my relay leg, only a minute or so behind the others at most. <laughs> That'd be great fun. I'm ready for it. I can picture it now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, we, we've we've talked a bit about the order, and, and I went first last year and you went second. And I've joked all year mm-hmm. that it is me, but off, off camera I am going to ask you what the order actually is because I am open to going second and there's pros and cons. And I don't want to feel like I'm ramming it down your throat that I have that I that I have to go first. But um, but yeah, we'll chat about that because we know some other groups aren't going quickest runner second. Some of them are flipping it. So it's yeah. There's going to be know. some tactics. I think who knows? It could be literally down to the morning with some of those teams as to who's going to go. <laughs> I know where everyone. I think everyone should go. That would make it interesting to watch. But whether that happens or not, I don't know. Yep. I don't know. Yep. We'll see. Yep. We'll All right, we'll have a we'll have a full rundown of uh, of coastal as well after in uh, in a fortnight's time. So we see you at coastal. I'll see you at the top of the stairs, which is going to be at your worst and best moment. So um, yeah, have a great great race for those racing. It's going to be exciting, and for everyone else, stay hydrated. It's getting hot. Definitely, it's getting hot. Sleep well, drink well, and we'll see everyone out running. Beautiful. Talk to you in a fortnight.